This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out. Special Thanksgiving week edition of the East Idaho PrepCast. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by one of the jolliest turkeys I know. It's our East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, you know, nothing much. Just, uh, you know, I had a little bit of a thought coming into this is um, uh, some guy was quoted saying the way he hires and fires people is by uh, if they put their shopping carts back. Do you put your shopping cart back after you're done, Brandon? Oh, yeah. I always return it to one of the receptacles, usually outside. I'm not going to take it all the way back inside. but All right, good. Well, because I felt like this weekend we had a lot of uh, East Idaho teams and players and coaches, and I feel like a lot of those guys put away their shopping carts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they needed them to haul out all the championship trophies for sure. Yeah, um, banners good, and stuff. Yes, good shopping cart etiquette for sure uh, from our East Idaho teams. And so, yes, uh, this is going to be a shorter episode, A, because it's the week of Thanksgiving. And as you can see, uh, we, we are already in vacation mode, right, Sean? You've got the whole week off from school? I've got the week off. I've got a hat on. I've got coffee next to me. Um, I already picked up my Walmart order. Christmas cards are done from Walgreens. Man, I'm on it. I'm, you are. I'm efficient. Yeah. And now I'm going to do a whole lot of nothing, hopefully, for the next few days. Try to recharge that battery. <laughs> yeah, uh, high achiever for sure. Turkey and potatoes will help that, no doubt. Um, and, and we're just going to kind of recap what happened over the football championship season. We're going to lightly talk girls hoops. And then next week, we'll get right back into the regular swing of things, talking winter sports. Okay, so I'll, I'll let you choose, Sean. We had last week, we had five of the six championship games involving a team from East Idaho. One AD two was the only one off the board. I will let you choose where you want to go. You uh, are, you're the captain of this ship, Sean, which classification do you want to start with? Um, let's, let's, let's start, let's start with, um, uh, the bottom and move. Let's start one AD one and go up. Let's just go up that route. That's a good way to start because we'll I start real strong and we'll end real strong. Like, well, in the middle, obviously, is good too, but I, I don't think you could go wrong switching 1A, D1, and 5A at this point for East Idaho. Yeah, because the, the way it's going to work is 5A, 4A had the most exciting games, right? Just back yeah. and forth drama and action. 3A and 2A were just displays of dominance uh, with a couple of programs that are used to winning trophies this time of year. Uh, and I think the best story of the weekend, not just in East Idaho, but in the entire state was what happened at the 1A D1 level, Sean, where the Butte County Pirates win their first championship in school history. They defeat Oakley, the uh, three-time defending 1A D1 champion, 58 to 44. Oakley was going for four in a row couldn't get it what an incredible run they've had but butte county hats off and of course they were playing for a for a bigger purpose this year as well sean uh playing and dedicating the rest of their season and this championship win to their fallen teammate dylan waymeyer now i shouldn't say fallen he he fell and got back up dylan he, waymeyer yeah he King was there yes yeah, uh, this was, uh, yeah go ahead and explain uh what happened with dylan first of all dylan waymeyer for those that may not know uh 
collapsed on the sideline at a game earlier this year. Butte County was playing Kendrick and Middleton, and he has been in the hospital recovering ever since. Um, they weren't sure he was going to be able to come watch the game in person, um, but he was able to make the trip from his hospital in Boise over to Pocatello uh, to take in the game, Sean. He was there on the sidelines, and it was an incredible moment. Yeah, and you know when Butte County won, and uh, he was in a wheelchair, and they came in, he stood up, held that trophy, and man, uh, there's not too many things in sports that are better than that because at, at that time, yeah, that first championship meant a lot, but him being there, I think, meant more to everyone in that stadium than that blue trophy at that moment, and it was awesome. And um, a lot of reports were, you know, most of the kids didn't even know he was going to be there, so it was a surprise when he showed up, and uh, the players, they just wanted to go out and, you know, do the best best they could for him. And, well, yeah, what a moment for him. He got to go up and grab that trophy and be part of it. And um, because he was never not part of the team, even though he wasn't there, obviously they thought about him the whole time. But to get down on that turf and Holt Arena and be part of that team, man, uh, I, I don't know if that, that might cure anything. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I, it was just an unbelievable moment and congrats to them and congrats her. I would just say that, you know, the whole Idaho community has been so supportive of that situation. And, um, yeah, sometimes it's bigger in sports and Brandon called it right. Brandon said they were going to win it. And I don't think many people were on that train. So, um, you know, we can chalk it up to the one time Brandon Bainey was right. <laughs> hey, I will say I was four for six on championship picks. Uh, the only ones I got wrong were 5A, 4A. Now, I'd, we, we do the IdahoSports.com pick six every week where um, the prep casters all pick six games. And I was one game behind the leader uh sean i don't know if that was enough to catch anybody or uh we'll have to check with logan to see how everybody did this week but i'm gonna be right there and i know you will be too yeah i was i i got four out of the six right as well um but the tiebreaker i think is our guest and my son was six and oh no way he got him all right that little <laughs> <laughs> that he's little like, fill in the he's like he's like what picks um, oh my god i was like turn off Fortnite for a minute but yeah so it was good but um it was one game it was definitely one i was happy i was wrong with to be honest with you i had a, a hard time not uh picking picking butte county but i mean at the end of the day uh, i mean what a great game what a great battle a lot of uh inner you know interceptions are key for butte county in that game and it was just, it was, it was amazing. What a great story. Yeah. I mean, the biggest key to the game was that Butte County defense. They end up uh, getting four turnovers on defense. Uh, the leader was Brody Westergaard. He had eight tackles and a fumble recovery that he took back for a touchdown. Uh, Keaton Archibald also had a fumble recovery and Braxton Gamut and Rafe McAfee each had interceptions also for Butte County. And that was just on defense now offensively Brody Westergaard was our IdahoSports.com player of the game obviously he had the, the scoop and score on defense but then offensively as well uh 144 yards and two touchdowns rushing 127 yards and two touchdowns receiving so a five touchdown night for Mr. Westergaard and now you've got an interesting discussion here Sean when it comes to the 1A D1 player of the year there are circles that say it should be Jack Driscoll, the quarterback from Logos, who had, you know, over 
40 combined passing and rushing touchdowns this year, and I believe was a 1,000-yard guy passing and rushing. But now coming on strong at the end of the year, here is Brody Westergaard from Butte County also. Yeah, not a lack of talent in that division either. You know, Oakley's quarterback was also not too shabby all year. I mean, in a loss, you know, he had 438 yards and some scores too. So, but yeah, Westergaard right up there um, for contention for that. I don't know how you picked that one. There was a lot of good talent um, day in and day out in that division. Yeah, and I think the unselfishness of this team is something we'll remember for a long time where midway through the season, Razor Duke was playing quarterback and really ripping it at the at the position and playing well. And the JV quarterback at the time, Race Archibald, was like it's almost like in minor league baseball where the guy's at AAA and you're like, he's he's ready. He can't he can't accomplish anything else at the JV level. He is ready for the big leagues. Um, and so Razor Duke volunteered to move to another position. So Archibald could take the reins at quarterback. I mean, how often do you hear something like that happening? Never, never. Yeah. I mean, just unreal, unreal stories out of uh, Butte County. That they their ship sailed really, really well this year as Pirates. Yes, they did. So congratulations to Butte County, first championship in school history. Uh, they lined the streets of Arco and welcomed the team back home Friday night. Uh, complete with the, you know, lights and sirens. And it was a really cool deal. Uh, such a special moment for the community up there in Arco. So congratulations. Butte County finishes the year 11 and one. Their loan loss comes to Kendrick, the 182 champions. All right. You wanted to just keep moving up classifications, let's, right? Yeah. Let's move on up. Okay. Well, the pirates made it a clean sweep over the Hornets. You had the Butte County pirates defeating the, Oakley Hornets, and this was the first game on Friday night. And then in the second game, it was the West Side Pirates defeating the Declo Hornets in a game that really wasn't close. 41 to 13, the final. West Side wins its fourth title in the last five years. It is the sixth championship at West Side for head coach Tyson Moser. Um, and they get revenge. They had lost to Declo 27 26 in the regular season. And I think you and I both knew coming in that. Westside wasn't going to let that happen again. <laughs> no, I, we talked about last week, I, and that was my main reason is I, you don't want to play Westside again, especially in a state championship game after, you know, you beat them. Uh, like Westside needs any more motivation um, to come out for a game. They definitely had it. It was in the back of their mind. Uh, they said they were extremely motivated for that game. Not that you're not motivated for a championship game, but. Um, when you fire up the West Side Pirates, uh, the cannon is going off pretty loud. Yeah, and again, kind of like the Butte County Pirates, the West Side Pirates were really led by their defense. Five takeaways for the West Side defense. IdahoSports.com player of the game, Crusade. He had two picks. He didn't play the first time against Declo. He was out with an injury. So Crusade was in there. He had two picks. You had an interception by Garrett Robinson. Ivan Campbell recovered a fumble and then kind of the, the cherry on top of the Sunday, a 51 yard pick six with like a minute to go by Trey stone for the fifth and final turnover of the night on offense. Same suspects, Moser. right? <laughs> Parker Moser rushes for 104 yards and two touchdowns. Lincoln Henderson had a five yard touchdown run, caught a 46 yard touchdown from Eli Brown. And so, despite losing all of these incredible players over the past couple of years, blaze Brown and cage brokens and uh, all these incredible offensive and defensive linemen up front West side just continues to churn them out. This is the true epitome 
of a program that always reloads and replaces, not rebuilds. Yeah, it's a dynasty down in Dayton, right? I mean, they've they've got it. And you know, you have to credit Westside's coaching too, because when they you know get big leads in games, they've gotten these younger guys in to games. So um, I think that's a big part of it is those guys get minutes. Now these guys, I'm talking to starters now, you know, a couple of years ago, they were getting in in kind of garbage time. And I think that pays dividends when it, when it comes time to it, they've, they've got minutes. It's not their first um, time at the dance. They know how to go out there and, and bust the move with the best of them. And, and they drill this down all the way through middle school and even to the younger levels. Hey, this is, that's, that's really when you look at the best programs, uh, a Sugar Salem, a Rigby, a West Side. Preston basketball. They they are starting at the third, fourth, fifth grade level. And it's, hey, um, you know, maybe as a fourth grade team, here's five plays that we run at the varsity level. And we want you to really know these five plays. And, and then the next year we add a couple more and we add more and more and more. So by the time these guys get to high school, they know the playbook. They know the continuity uh, with the coaching staff. That's really what is going to help you build a successful program. You've got certain cities like where I grew up, you know, in Missoula. Um, they don't have that. It is youth football. It's all mixed. So you might be playing with kids you'll never play with in high school. Um, the middle schools have flag football. They don't even have tackle football. Um, and, and so when they get to high school, they're so far behind the rest of the other teams in the state, any community out there that is not doing this from the youth programs up yeah. is, is doing it wrong. Oh yeah. And, and then they know each other and you've got that community and the families know each other. And when you have that culture and community together, it's just, you know, they don't have to, those kids have nothing to worry about, but going out and doing the job that they know how to do a thousand times over. And that's a very prevalent when we watch West side is that, you know, the best thing you can tell a player as a coach is you don't have to worry about anything else but playing. And that's very evident in West side. For sure. Shout out to the West side uh, pep band too. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> bands to, to listen to um, perform. They're always bringing it. So, Oh yeah. They, we've had some got... good get, we've had some good games down there right next to them. And they, they, they got, they've got not the normal kind of songs, right? They got a little, they got a little more, uh, a variety than I would say some pet bands in the state, but yeah, they're, they're great. Well, of course, pirates of the Caribbean is always, they're always ripping that one out for sure. So yes, congratulations to West side all around. Hey, congratulations in order for another dynasty here. Sugar Salem, man, 63 to 27 victory over Teton. It was close for a quarter and a half. And then, I mean, the deluge really came in the second half, but sugar finishes 11 and 0 fourth title in the last five years you talk to sugar fans and they go it should be five in a row but hey it's not so eventually you'll have to get over that and four in five years is still pretty incredible yeah. uh and and they beat teton for the second time this year also yeah i was i went to that game and actually i was watching the game uh the 5a game before it and uh tyler richens was uh down there by the end zone where i was standing and i had a good chat with him um before but Man, he was super focused, and yeah, he was he he was still you know a little stuck on not being the fifth one, but he was like, he's like you know Teton isn't a slouch. Everyone is saying that we're gonna win this easy, but I've, I've never seen a, a a man so focused watching football. Like he's just kind of watching the the Highland game, and he was focused and he was ready to go. And 
uh it was a cool chat i told him that he needed to win so i could win the picks but um it wasn't much bearing on it they did a great job but for that first part of that game i was a little worried teton came out hit a huge pass got a touchdown and but you know sugar flex it as that game went on but teton still i mean really really good team and congrats to them too but sugar salem is a, a you know a dynasty in the football uh arena of 3a right now yeah for sure so uh in the process sugar salem sets a couple of new 3a state records most points scored in a game 63 most total yards 582 most total rushing yards 418 and then tate cutler tied two individual records most touchdowns in a championship game with four and most total points in a championship game with 24 so take cutler ties two records sugar salem sets three new team records as well just further exemplifying the level of dominance oh, here if they needed anything else yeah take cutler was great uh and kind of the big difference in the semifinal game so he's really was kind of a um a huge weapon for sugar salem he not talked as much when you have harris and chase but man he was he was a dominant he had a dominant tournament he showed up when it was important he really did. Uh, Tate Cutler finished the game with 155 yards and two touchdowns rushing, 57 yards and two touchdowns receiving. And you might think, yeah, and he set a couple of new or tied a couple of state records. IdahoSports.com player of the game, right? Yes, but with a caveat, it was a co-honor shared between Tate Cutler and Carson Harris. Carson Harris rushes for 193 yards and three touchdowns. So those two shared the award, which just shows uh how hard it was to stop one let alone both guys this year for the diggers yeah i mean i i felt i felt that would be a hard decision whoever uh the the expert team we had there to come up with who to pick but man it would, it would have been it would have been tough but i think that was uh the way to go for both those guys yeah it was scott burton and lance taylor on the call and if we had left it up to lance he might still be there trying to figure it out <laughs> well i got that uh, Anyways, <laughs> there's probably a story, and I'm sure we'll hear it later. Lance can spin a yarn like like no other. Oh yeah, uh, I love it for, for sure. So. You'd say big big red for Tate Cutler because he's got the red hair. Big red now. His dad owns a dealership, and <laughs> I'm just joking, but yeah, he does though. He is he is uh, just a vast encyclopedia of East Idaho sports knowledge for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Sugar Salem. All right. Let's move now to what were the two most exciting games. I would argue this next one we're going to talk about was the most exciting championship game because it came down to a play. Fifth play. As, as time expired, um, Bishop Kelly and Hillcrest. BK gets the win 29 to 26 over Hillcrest. But yes, you kind of alluded to it there, Sean. <laughs> tell, tell everybody that maybe because this game happened over in Boise, so not everybody was tuned into what was happening over there. Uh, well, Bishop Kelly does win by three, but what happened at the end? Was There was a penalty, right? And so Hillcrest got two shots at the at the kick. Is, is that what I'm... That's what I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. That's yeah, what I, I, was. I remember. Yeah, is, is, anyways, uh, I think at one point Bishop Kelly had thought they won, and then there was a penalty, and Hillcrest got a kick again. And so B Bishop Kelly felt that, you know, they had to win it twice at the end of the game. But uh, uh, Hillcrest nonetheless has a chance to kick um, a field goal to tie it. It misses and Bishop Kelly wins. And um, after being in the, the second place seat for a couple of years, they're back in the driver's seat. Um, 
and winning that. But Hillcrest, a great season, and was able to uh, just be dominant. And like I said, it's hard being undefeated and going into that championship game because you never want your first loss to be in a championship. Yes. Um, so what happened was, yes, they had two cracks at it. Uh, the first kick, uh, Bishop Kelly gets flagged for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct for celebrating early um, and a sideline warning. Also, um, that gave Hillcrest one untimed down from 27 yards out. Ryland Borgman just misses wide right um, and Hillcrest who had trailed by 10 in that fourth quarter, you know, nearly made the comeback, but they fall just a little bit short. Uh, Peter Minert, the Bishop Kelly running back was our Idaho sports.com player of the game. He had 138 yards and three touchdowns rushing. And for Hillcrest, we talked about it. A big key coming in was going to be Peyton King, their QB one all year. Was he going to be able to go? He did play. In fact, he scored the first touchdown of the night for, for Hillcrest on a, a five yard touchdown run. Um, but in the second half, I, I just don't think he had it. And, and I think the, the coaches decided we've got Tyson Sweetwood, who is, you know, a little bigger healthier, a little and, bigger and arm, definitely. And he's played well for us. And so they go to Sweetwood in the second half, Sweetwood almost leads him back, but, uh, the comeback comes just a little bit short. I just, I just wonder if Hillcrest had had Peyton King fully healthy, hundred percent you know, what happens in this game and, and Hillcrest left some points out there, right? They missed an extra point a couple of times. They missed the kick at the end. And so it was a really hard fought game. You got to tip your hat to Bishop Kelly and, and to Hillcrest, of course, for yeah. an incredible year, 12 and one only loss came at the very end. Uh, what coach Brennan Mossholder has done and uh, building this program back up has been pretty incredible. Yeah. From zero and nine, three years ago to state championship game, uh, an amazing uh, feat nonetheless and just a little short but uh, I think Bishop Kelly's defense was kind of what took got him going in the playoffs really they did a good job against the Thunder and the defense was again pretty solid um, on championship game too so nice job for BK as well yep so uh, let's move on to the 5A championship then and this was I think the second best game of the weekend for sure. Uh, a heavyweight matchup between Highland and Coeur d'Alene, these 5A rivals. And I was listening to the broadcast on Saturday, Sean, and um, Paul Kingsbury uh, was on the call and he, he was talking about how, you know, Highland's last championship came in 2017 and it was against Coeur d'Alene. And Coeur d'Alene's last championship came in 2013 and it was against it was Highland. Right. And so they, these two teams just have really formed this really epic rivalry over the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Um, and this one didn't disappoint. 35 to 28, Highland gets the victory uh, as Drew Hymas, the Idaho Sports.com player of the game, rips off a 47 yard touchdown run with 428 to play to snap a 28 all tie and give the Rams the seven point lead and eventually the win. Yeah. I, you know, I went to this game. There was not a parking spot at the mini dome. Uh, it was, it was full. It was great. And it, it just it had everything. I went back and listened to us, our uh, prep cast last week. And we both thought it was going to be a low scoring game. And, and it, it really wasn't both teams. Offenses were great, but there was just amazing plays after plays. And, um, you know, Coeur comes down, they fumble it on the one Highland gets the ball back. They punt it, you know, it's just, there's interceptions. 
you know, it looks like Highland's going to drive to finish it off and they fumble and Coraline has one more crack at it. And, uh, Zarek Unix gets another interception, um, to finish off the year. And cause he, he ends up missing a field goal in that game. That was, I was kind of surprised too. I was right under the goalpost for that one, but man, just, if you had any question marks about Drew Hymas, they were all answered in that game. He took care of business, but it was, it was one of the, it was the best game I've ever seen live. I think it just went down on the field, how competitive everyone was, how fast these guys played. Um, it was, it was good. And it was crazy. And the mini dome was as loud as I've ever heard it. I think ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it was packed to the gills um, for sure. So Highland does pull it out. Drew Hymas is the Idaho sports.com player of the game. Uh, the dual threat, he finishes with 302 yards passing and two touchdowns, has 113 yards rushing and two touchdowns as well. Uh, Ridge Barella caught a touchdown. Jackson Riddle caught a touchdown. Um, it was just a good team effort. And really, we came in thinking, okay, both of these defenses are really good. Yeah. Uh, could be a low-scoring affair, and both offenses kind of exploded a little bit. Yeah, but both. And uh, Quarter Lane's offense was is pretty good too. They were able to pass the ball pretty well against uh, a Highland defense that I don't think it allowed too many big plays, but uh, there was a couple big passing plays, but the play I thought was probably the best is Kai Callen makes a catch. I don't know if you saw the video of this and he kind of goes, um, it gets a little behind him. The quarter lane receiver has it to Kai Callen brings it back and comes down with it. And man, it was, it was quite a catch by Kai Callen. <laughs> And that was one of the that was one of the best catches of the year. Maybe um, it doesn't result in a touchdown, but man, there was just play after play. And I was really impressed with Quarter Lane's offense and ability to throw the ball against what I would say is one of the best secondaries in the state by far. And yeah, it was it was it gave you everything you wanted to. You, it was worth your price into the mini dome. Yeah, epic uh, performance all the way around. Congratulations to Highland. Their 12th championship, Sean, most in Idaho history as the uh, excellent football continues with the Rams. So, yeah. yeah, and just a good, you know, the school burned down last spring and they, you know, they couldn't practice anywhere. And one of my favorite Nick Sorrell uh, quotes from the Highland head coach was, we'll paint lines on the parking lot and play. And I felt like that's kind of their their mantra all year was it didn't matter. They were going to go out and play. You know, they had to play at the Thunder Stadium before their turf was done. Um, they just they weren't they were willing to take the game wherever it was and played hard. So congrats to the Highland Rams. Yeah, it was a really fun uh, week end of football championships and great performances all around. And now we turn to winter sports, although winter sports has kind of already started for girls hoops. Uh, all of our girls basketball previews are live up top right away on the homepage, IdahoSports.com. So if you're a girls hoops fan and you want to see what's going on in the early going here or see which teams, coaches, players you should keep an eye on, it's all right there at IdahoSports.com. I'll just kind of quickly, you know, we conduct these preseason polls and we'll be publishing those later on today as well. Uh, and we ask you, okay, how do you think the conference is going to shake out? We do a preseason coaches poll. And essentially, Sean, um, here, here are the teams that coaches have kind of identified as leaders. In the 5A ranks, Rigby uh, makes sense. Cambry Barber's back. BYU commit. Uh, Miley Graham. Uh, Kinsley Larson. Coach Todd Barber's got a lot coming back there. Uh, 4A, Sean. It is in District 6. 
Um, the team everybody has tabbed is Shelly, which makes sense, right? They bring back Brindley Cannon, another PYU commit, um, and they got all the way to the championship last year. Um, at the 4A District 5 level, Sean Pocatello is the team everyone has said, and that makes sense, right? Uh, they didn't have a single senior last no, year. Yeah, no seniors. They all come back, so they'll be a strong Pocatello team. Abby Lusk, uh, Garza, Kenna Garza, some some height down there for the Thunder and good guards, guard play as well, so... I'm really excited to see how Kenna Garza has developed because she, uh, you know, as a sophomore last year, used her size well, but you could tell still offensively, maybe some areas of her game a little raw. And um, I know she's been working hard all off season um, yeah. to improve. So I'm really excited to see uh, how Kenna Garza's game is elevated. So those are kind of your four, a teams, three, a Sean uh, in district six uh, Teton has been tabbed the preseason favorite. Um, the Timberwolves, bring back almost everybody. They had one player transfer to Middleton or CUNA or some oh. uh, somewhere over in the Western part of the state, but otherwise they bring back a lot of talented pieces. Uh, Grace Hogan um, is kind of the leader there. Abby Barkdahl, uh, others uh, district five is snake river. Of course, the defending five, a state champs, Riley Edlifson, Reese Baldwin, Taylor Carlson, etc. Um, new twist this year though. Uh, New coach, Lincoln Driscoll, who two years ago took Aberdeen to the 2A Girls Championship game. He was an assistant at Snake River last year under Jeff Stedman and now is the head coach. So, well, he inherited a good team. <laughs> yes. Ellison, she just signed to play at Northwest Nazarene um, this past week. So, uh, you know, a, a phenomenal player. We've, we've talked about her many of times. Yes, really smooth ball handler, Riley Edlifson, for sure. Uh, 2A, Sean, in District 6, uh, the favorite uh, coming in. And this one was a little closer, um, but the the favorite that everyone has identified in District 6 this year is uh, North Fremont slightly, and then both Firth and Ryrie. Everyone is expecting those three to be right there in the mix. And then in District 5, um, Soda Springs, of course, got to the championship game last year, right? They bring back Yanetti Garbit and Moldenauer and some other really good players, but they actually were picked to tie with Malad in our preseason coaches poll there in District Five. So that'll be a be an interesting battle for sure. Uh, you know, Soda's kind of had that pedigree. Malad kind of coming up. It'll be it'll be fun to see what happens, but the Malad women, Malad girls have just been really good at everything. Just pretty solid, you know, volleyball and they've just, it's just kind of been on the up for Malad dragons lately. Yeah. And, and I got my order mixed up in the nuclear conference. Firth and Ryrie were picked to tie for first North Fremont was one point behind them. So no. technically they're third. Sorry. I got that flip flopped. Uh, one, a D one, Sean, uh, grace favored to win the high desert conference. That makes sense. Sydney Smith, the conference player of the year is back. Melody Stratman and others. Um, and then at one AD two, this big Rocky mountain conference, Sean, this one was all over the place. We had, I mean, there's, there's 11 teams in this league now because yeah. Alturas prep and American heritage charter school. Those are both in Idaho falls. They're both competing in varsity boys and girls basketball this year. No, they're not full fledged members of the conference, right? They're kind of playing a modified schedule, but um, they're in there now. Uh, Mackie, was the team that emerged as our preseason favorite. Although um, I will tell you, Ledor, Grace Lutheran, Rockland, Water Springs all got first place votes. 
So who knows? <laughs> yeah, and and hard to bet against Grace Lutheran after their volleyball season. A lot of those same players that will be on the basketball team because there's no other players, right? I mean, yeah. it's going to be very similar, similar players. And they had such a great season. Maybe that can transition to basketball too. Um, so grace will be good. You know, Rockland's always good and Rockland and Mackie always seem to be fighting out, but you know, we've talked about lead or for a couple of years now. So it'll be, I'll be real interested to see how litter does this season. Yeah, I think keep an eye on Ledor for sure. And for Grace Lutheran, uh, last year, of course, the all-conference team, there's five players named to the first team. Four graduated. The only returner, Kirsten Krause yeah. from Grace Lutheran. So, Big-time volleyball player and basketball yes. player. So, yeah, it'll be awesome. For sure. So that's going to be a fun conference to kind of keep an eye on as the season progresses. And, of course, games have already started for girls' hoops. Um, you can get caught up on all the scores at idahosports.com and also check out our season previews for every single conference all right sean that'll do it for the thanksgiving week edition of the east idaho prep cast what are your turkey day plans um i'm gonna in a couple days i'm gonna head to island park uh with some family and friends they they get a cabin and we'll just we'll just hang out there you know i thought it was going to be sunny but here in pocatello we had a huge snowstorm last night power was out it was windy the roads were terrible and uh it's kind of sunny today so I, I hope the weather's good for the drive but yep and the island park just gonna hang out and um i think you know for handing out turkey legs for the um broadcasters this year i'll go ahead and take my turkey leg now <laughs> yeah uh i know i know some some businesses give all the employees like a, a turkey or like a coupon to go <laughs> yeah. buy a turkey yeah we don't we don't have quite have that in the budget sean we're we're mom and pop <laughs> oh, okay i just want my turkey leg no i'm just <laughs> you know like they always give the turkey legs to the football players on. oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah that's what, that's what i'm saying but yeah but uh that's what i'll be doing how about yourself you what are you guys doing going to montana yeah, going over to uh, going to Missoula, making the short drive over. It did snow up here in North Idaho yesterday, but it's all melted already. So, well, safe travels. Um, I'll be enjoying uh, some food and and fun later. Hopefully, it won't be a crazy drive to Island Park. But yeah, we're just we're just hanging out. It's a it's a much needed recharge, I think, for everyone. It's been a busy, uh, busy, busy year and school the trimester ended so um it's a good way to end and start a new trimester and you know all the basketball and is, is coming and i'm excited i've been able to do a few games for century i'm their pa announcer and i've also uh gotten to talk to my good basketball informant ryan frost you know this year so that's always fun and uh see what they're what they're cooking up um during thanksgiving as well so Tell Coach Frost to get his preview form turned back in. I'll I'll text I'll text him right now. Yeah, he'll go. I don't I don't do those things. I'm more about the X's and O's, and because I'll be like, can you have one of your players just uh, send me a, a playlist, you know, for warm ups? He's like, I don't do that. <laughs> All right. all right sean if coach frost doesn't turn one in i'm gonna i'm gonna be leaning on you for info for century i got i gotta write that preview so uh just go in that uh, they have one of the best uh pa announcers uh 1998 bulls kind of intro i mean that's that's the stuff that people want to say that's where that winning culture really starts is with the pa guy. I, I tell i tell them it's my show until the lights come back on okay ryan but <laughs> 
<laughs> that's funny yeah, uh, 30 seconds the lights are off okay <laughs> yeah this is my show all right oh that's funny okay well uh happy thanksgiving to everybody out there listening and watching to the east idaho uh prep cast travel safely we want you all back here again next week as we uh chop it up and, and talk it all again next week but happy thanksgiving from everyone at idahosports.com and for sean kane i'm brandon maney thanks for tuning into the east idaho prepcast on idahosports.com